Uh, it's great to see everyone. Glad you guys made it safely here this evening. We're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior, worship Him, and as we begin here, we're going to have Joel and Nancy come forward and light our Advent wreath. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. 
She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger because there was no guest room available. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And Joel, you can light the, the candles. Our devotional is witnesses of the first advent, the witness of the shepherds, what they saw and what they said. Here we are together on Christmas Eve. We have come through the four Sundays of Advent, represented by the four candles shining their light in this Advent wreath. In the center of the wreath, there was one last Advent candle still unlit, often referred to as the Christ candle. In a moment, we will also light this last candle as a sign we have reached the final step in our journey through the Advent season. But before we light it, let us first consider the meaning of this last candle for a moment. Those shepherds were ordinary shepherds. It started out as an ordinary night. Those ordinary shepherds witnessed something very extraordinary, and the night became an extraordinary and amazing night. They saw the angel, and they heard the proclamation of the birth of the Messiah. They saw the heavenly hosts, and they heard the adoration of glory to God in the highest heaven. What did these shepherds do? They believed, and they went with great haste, looking for the Messiah. They knew to check all the mangers. The shepherds' search ended when they found Mary and Joseph and the baby Messiah. The baby Messiah was in a manger, just like the angel said. 
Then the shepherds spread the word about this baby Messiah, and everyone who heard what the shepherds said were amazed. As the shepherds returned to their flocks, they were glorifying and praising God, ordinary shepherds, on an extraordinary night with an extraordinary message about the extraordinary birth of a most extraordinary child. They had every right to be excited. As we now light the Christ candle, let us join the shepherds in their excitement. May we also glorify and praise God for all these extraordinary things. And most of all, for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Messiah Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so glad you sent the angel and the heavenly host for the shepherds. Thank you for revealing to them the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, Heavenly Father, you are mindful of the kings and rulers of this world. But in choosing those shepherds, you declare that you are also mindful of the ordinary person, every single one of us. Thank you for giving those shepherds good news and for declaring that the good news is for all people. Our hearts are amazed by your humility. In turn, may our lowliness be a joy to you. In the name of the one who came to a manger, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And our first hymn, if we can join together singing, page 145, O Come, All Ye Faithful.
And it came to pass in those days, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was expecting a child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn.
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now after they had found him, the shepherds departed and spread the word to everyone about what had been told them concerning this child. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. And the wise men asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. 
And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him back, bring back word to me that I might come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, the wise men departed for their own country another way.
Good evening. I'm going to keep my eye on him. Well, I'm going to go back just a little bit further in time. I'm going to go back to the beginning. And you remember in the beginning, mankind was living in communion with God. But something happened. We chose to go our own way, and as a result, we lost our source of life. But we're still living, you say. Yes, we are still living for a time. But each of us here this evening will die. The battery of my computer has a certain lifespan. If I were to plug my computer into an electrical outlet then it would continue to operate, never draining the life of the battery. I could use my computer conceivably for the rest of time. It would never drain the battery. But if I were to unplug my computer from that electrical outlet, then it would only continue to operate for a period of time. It would lose its life until the battery would be dead. And so this is a picture of our situation. We were made to be connected to our source of life, that is, to God the Father. But we chose to unplug ourselves from that source of life, thinking that we could sustain ourselves, that we could be our own God. And put another way, we rebelled against God, and as a result, we lost our source of life. So we became like computers with no connection to a power source. And so our batteries have life for a period of time, but they are drained of their power, of their source of life with, with each passing moment. On top of that, as a result of unplugging ourselves from our power source, our source of life, we no longer had peace with God. Peace here does not mean that we were engaged in some military conflict or some battle against God in heaven. No, Peace means that we were at odds with God. We lacked that. We were at odds with God. We were disconnected, and so something was standing in the way of our connection to Him. There was interference. <laughs> I actually wrote that. <laughs> I don't think for that moment, no. Sin. Sin was standing in the way. It's been said that grace is one word that defines the entire gospel message. Grace is the gospel in, in one word. Grace is essentially undeserved favor, and it's best viewed when compared to mercy. Mercy is not receiving what we do deserve, and grace is receiving what we do not deserve. Mercy would be like catching a bank robber in the act of stealing money from the bank and then saying to him that he will not receive the punishment due to him. That would be grace. Excuse me, that would be mercy. Grace would be like saying to that same bank robber that he also gets to keep the money. <laughs> but he deserves to be punished. He does not deserve to keep that money. And in some ways, this is a picture of us. We chose to go our own way, and thus we deserve death. But God showed mercy and grace to us. Mercy by not letting us receive 
what we deserve, and that is eternal death and grace by giving to us what we do not deserve. And that is a way to be reconnected to our source of eternal life, to be reconnected to God. And this is the good news that the angels declared to the shepherds in the field that night in Bethlehem. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The good news is that what once was broken was now being remade. Our connection to God, our source of life that was severed, was going to be made new again. How is this going to happen? How could God fix the broken connection? How was he going to make peace again between he and us and to put us on the same side again? There had to be consequences for our actions, right? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, as Isaac Newton once said. And there was a reaction to our broken connection. And there were consequences for our sinful behaviors. That reaction and those consequences were going to be nailed and striped to the hands and feet and back of our Lord Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah speaking for the Lord and declaring what the Lord was going to do in the future through his servant said of this servant that I will give you as a covenant for the people. God the Father was going to give His servant as a covenant for the people. This servant was going to do everything that God had asked His people Israel to do. Where the people of Israel failed to do what God had asked them to do, God's servant would be faithful to only do God's will. Where the people of Israel disobeyed and worshipped other gods, God's servant would only worship him. And where Israel forgot God's word, God's servant embodied his word. And if anyone deserved the blessings of God, if anyone deserved to be rewarded by God with eternal life and untold riches, it was his servant. But this servant who revealed himself to the world in the person of Jesus Christ, did something that is shocking. And you all know that story. He laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for us in obedience to the will of God and for his great love for us so that we might have a way back to God, so that we might be reconnected to God once again so that we might experience new and eternal life, life that will never end. Mercy. It's not receiving what we do deserve, and grace is receiving what we do not deserve. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, born in Bethlehem, came to be our covenant with God. He came to make peace between God and mankind by laying down his life on our behalf. And I hope you understand what this means. It means that we have absolute certainty, supreme confidence in our relationship with God the Father. 
because Jesus Christ is our covenant with God the Father. It means that our connection to God cannot ever be broken. And so say amen and Merry Christmas, for that is truly a wonderful gift. The angel continued, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God and peace to those on whom his favor rests. And so all glory to God for his plan of salvation is good. He did it not because we deserved it, but rather because of his great love for us. And Jesus laid down his life for us to make peace with God on our behalf. This is why he is called the Prince of Peace. This is why he came to earth to be born of a woman. Receiving Christ as your Savior and Lord means that we are once again on the same side as God. That we are reconnected to our source of eternal and everlasting life. And it's been said before, and it bears repeating. Listen and obey. (laughs) It's been said before, and it bears repeating. It has always been about Jesus. It is still about Jesus, and it will always be about Jesus. And certainly on that glorious night, the angels declared that all glory is due to God to God in Christ Jesus. So receive the good news this Christmas Eve and let the peace of God which now exists between He and us through our Savior Jesus Christ fill your hearts with joy. Joy to the world for the Lord has come. Sandy's going to come up now and we're going to partake in communion. I just want to point once again to the verse in Luke chapter 2 and really the the uh, we've heard it I think four times tonight so this is number five Luke 2:20 it says the shepherds returned well, I'm glad they found their way back well, most of the time I found my way back you know what it is to find your way back but you know I've I drifted away from the Lord for many years. Hallelujah. He led me right back. Well, the shepherds returned. It says glorifying and praising God. Now, the glory of God was all over this story. The glory shone round about him earlier in the chapter. The glory of God was in the message. And so, you know, and you can't give glory to God unless that glory first comes on your life. Do you know the glory of God, time and again, it comes to your life? You say, well, I got so many problems, so so much trouble. Well, yeah, it could be worse. Oh, don't say that. No, 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 it's really true. However, however bad it is, how many times, and and this is, what, 40, going on 46 years, I have heard people in the hospital say of the person next to them, in the next hospital bed, you know, I got problems, but they got more problems than I do. 
it, it's, it could be worse. That's what they're saying. And there's a recognition, there's a recognition that if goodness happens, if good things happen to you, if good, if, this was a good thing that happened to the shepherds. And there was, there was a sense of the presence. What is the glory of God? You know, we, we've talked about that over the last couple of years here. You know, I sort of get, dig into that one. But Moses back there, he wanted to see the glory of God. And he said, well, you can't see my face, but you have to wait till I pass by and then you'll see the afterglow. And what was it? It was all of God's goodness and the proclamation that he, that he is a forgiving, tender-hearted uh, Father in heaven, really, is what it, what it was declaring. And if that, if that picture has come into your mind, come into your heart, if that has come into your life, you know, there has been imparted to you the glory of God. You say, well, you know, I see other people and it seems like they're doing so much better. No, 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 no. Don't he, you just don't worry about everybody else. He said, Lord, I know you've done, you know, you, my, is my family perfect? Oh, yeah, my, my family is so perfect. And if you believe that, you're, you're gullible. <laughs> my family is so imperfect. We are so imperfect. And your family is so imperfect. You say, well, you don't even know my family. I go, well, well, I know enough. If they're human, they're imperfect. But they're in the middle of the imperfection. So we can take communion. I'm not a perfect person, but I took that communion. And it was because of the glory of God that's been imparted to me time and time and time and time and time and time and time again that I can take the glory of God and I can return that glory and I can say, Hallelujah, Lord, you are worthy of my praises to you. And those shepherds took the glory they got. Shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and what they had seen. And so if good thing, if you hear good, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's not too good. And I will bellyache about a bunch of stuff. And I go, you know, powers and principalities and all that stuff. No, no, no. I just unhook from that stuff. You just you know, focus on the Lord. Don't focus on the carnal things of this world. Focus on the Lord and say, Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful thing to celebrate this holiday in this country with my family to enjoy the time together, probably have a bunch of good food. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise God. You know what? And get and start get cranked up about it. No. Do you ever get excited about the Lord? Shepherds were excited, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen 
And then the end of the verse says, as it was told to them. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. However the word of God has been imparted to your heart, that's the place where on this kind of holiday, where we praise God, we glorify this God in heaven. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be here tonight. And there's a lot of places that, for, for their own reasons, decided not to do anything. But Lord, keep us safe, keep us healthy. Lord, we seek to put our lives into your hands. And Lord, just to, to bless your people for seeking your face here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and uh, for, for the opportunity to participate in the, the songs and everything, Lord, and for the message. And this we pray, Father, in Jesus' name.